Hello and welcome to this episode of the Data Beat podcast. I'm your host Puneet and a special thank you to the ones who have connected with me and shared their feedback to make this show better. I hope to improve with every episode. And I'm very excited to share with you that we are getting listeners from all across the globe. Not just from various parts of India, but from Hayward, Oakland, Cupertino, California, Skokie, Illinois in the US, Richmond Hill, St. Catherine, Ontario in Canada, uh, Birmingham in UK and Perth, Australia. This show is available on all major platforms, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or anywhere you love listening to podcasts. So if you have not subscribed to the show yet, please do so. Join the group community, uh, join this growing community and not to miss on the upcoming episodes. Also, please share the show with others in your circle who share the interest in anything and everything about data. In this episode, we will build upon the predictions by Jonathan Ellis, co-founder of DataSax. In the previous episode, we talked about the machine learning getting mainstream when it comes to making database optimization and tuning autonomous. Today, we are going to analyze this prediction in the area of graphs. As for Jonathan, uh, graph is a feature and not a database. What he predicts is that in the coming future, we are going to see graph features getting, you know, being served by enterprise databases out of the same system. Now, for those who are not versed with the graphs, graphs allow us to solve various use cases in the real world. Uh, like but are not limited to fraud detection, enabling knowledge graph, uh, network and database infrastructure monitoring for IT operations, product recommendation system, master data management, social media and social network graphs, identity and access management. I have used graphs to solve some of the unique use cases, but there are some of the scenarios where graph databases can be looked upon. Some of those scenarios are, uh, but again not limited to, when you have lots of relationships in your data, when you need to traverse many relationships quickly, when you have the high variability data that does not fit well in the structure table. When your current system is not working out because of slow joins in the RDBMS system. When your data model is constantly changing, when you want to integrate disseparate data sources, and also when you want to visualize groupings of data based on connections. Now graph databases are good at tree, tree retrieval, pathfinding, traversing recursive relationship and pattern matching. However, they are not useful for operational use cases as they are not efficient in processing high volumes of transactions and not good at handling queries that span the entire database. These can be served well using relational databases. But why is that so? When we think about the performance of a relational database, indexing is the first thing that comes to the mind. Indexes in turn use B-trees for its implementation. As a quick recap of why we need indexing, let's imagine you need, a store, uh, you need to store a list of numbers in a file and search a given number on that list. The simplest solution is to store data in an array and append values when the new values come. But if you need to check if a given value exists in the array, then you need to search through all the array elements one by one and check whether the given value exists. If you are lucky enough, you can find the given value in the first element. In the worst case, the value can be at the last element in the array. So to keep it certain and have a quick lookup, indexing is important and Btree helps implement them. In simple terms, Btree is a data structure that uh, store data in its node in a sorted order. Btree stores data such that each node contains key in ascending order. Each of these keys have uh, two references to another two child nodes. The left side child node keys are less than the current key and the right child uh, node keys are more than the current key. So when you have to search something, you know it will be found in which key, to the left or to the right. Now coming to the graph and the data structure which powers it. A graph allows to capture relationship between objects made up of a set of vertices paired with a set of edges. 
a vertex connect to another vertices by edges. In graph theory and computer science, an adjacency list is a collection, an unordered list used to represent a finite graph. Each list describes a set of neighbors of a vertex in the graph. A neighbor can be another vertex or an edge. The main operation performed by the adjacency list data structure is to report a list of neighbors of a given, given vertex. It is also possible, but not as efficient, to use adjacency lists to test whether an edge exists or does not exist between two specified vertices. Now with this drastic difference in the underlying data structure, it's not practical and efficient to use B-tree to represent complex relationships like adjacency list, at the same time reaping the benefit of indexing. So today, if you have to get the best of both the worlds, then you have to do these things uh, differently as different pieces of applications and systems using different databases. NoSQL databases like Cassandra are the best platforms to implement adjacency lists. Let's take a minute to talk about data stacks and graph. Talking about history, uh, there was a database called TitanDB. It was a distributed graph database, which was originally developed by a company called Aurelius. The company was acquired in 2015 by DataStax, the company behind the Apache Cassandra database. Cassandra was one of the backend database engines that TitanDB could sit upon, along with HBase uh, and Oracle Berkeley DB. DataStax unveiled DataStax uh, Enterprise Graph, which constituted a complex rewrite of the database to tie TitanDB closer to Cassandra. While DataStax incorporated the TitanDB Graph uh, capability into its commercial NoSQL package, the TitanDB community was growing unhappy with DataStacks. TitanDB community reacted strongly to DataStacks' actions that it perceived as blocking the continuation of the TitanDB project at the Apache Software Foundation. After the DataStacks lawyer blocked the move of the Titan project to the ASF, the Linux Foundation took the project under the name JNS Graph. Backing JNS Graph were Hortonworks, IBM, Xpero, and Kraken AI. Coming back to today, so what Jonathan had predicted is that enterprising database vendors are going to pull graph features into a non-graph substrate and give you the best of both worlds. Now while researching, I came across an article by MIT called Vertexica, uh, titled uh, Your Relational Friend for Graph Analytics. The article talks about a graph analytics tool on top of a relational database. The tool itself is named Vertexica. I do not intend to go in detail about the article but want to cover its architecture. So let's dive. What Texica does is by injecting data storage, query processing and query interface support to enable efficient vertex-centric graph analytics, what is called vertex-centric interface. It's an abstraction on top of SQL. Uh, the interface exposes the API and manages parallelizing the vertex compute function, the passing of messages and synchronizing the supersets. This is analogous to MapReduce, where the programmers simply provide the map and reduce functions and the framework takes care of the system details. Looking at implementation details of Vertexica, it has four major components. The physical graph storage, the coordinator uh, uh, to drive the vertex computations, the workers which run the vertex computations, and the actual compute function provided by the user. Physical storage uh, you know, stores all the data in three uh, relational tables. The vertex table to store the vertex ID, the vertex value and the vertex state. The edge table to store the edge source and the edge destination. The message table to store uh, stores the sender vertex, the receiver vertex and the message value. 
Coordinator uh, is the driver program that manages the supersets. It is responsible for running the vertex computations in parallel and passing messages from one superset to the other superset. The coordinator is implemented as a stored procedure. It runs as long as there is any message for the next superset. In each superset, the coordinator invokes a set of worker UDFs to run the vertex program. A worker is basically a container for the vertex compute function. Uh, it is responsible for uh, sending and receiving messages with the coordinator. The worker runs as database UDFs and typically there are many parallel workers as a number of cores on the machine or the node of the cluster. Conceptually, worker is analogous to a mapper, which is a container for map function in MapReduce. Coming to vertex computation. Uh, the vertex computation is a user-provided graph query that runs once per superstep for every vertex that, that has at least one incoming message. Typically, the vertex uh, compute function gets a set of incoming messages, performs some computation, mod models the vertex state, and outputs a set of outgoing messages. It is a simple yet powerful model for graph analytics. This may not be the only way to implement such an abstraction to bring the best of both the relational databases and the graph data store, but it is a very good reference as to how it can be achieved today. If you would like to know more about it, I'll share the link uh, uh, to the article in the show notes. With this, we come to the end of this episode. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and Twitter, the coordinates of which I have shared in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode. This is your uh, host Puneet. Until next time, let the data and beat flow in.